0: All right, welcome everybody.
1: Welcome to the Word on the Hill. We are the Lanky Guys.
0: And um, I'm not, I'm actually on a different hill.
1: (laughs) Are you on a hill at all?
0: Um, I am. Well, I I can tell that I'm on a hill because I keep on hearing trains behind us. And so I'm on the lower side of the hill because on the upper side of the hill, I think every train between Colorado Springs and Denver goes behind this uh, particular location. Where are you? <laughs> all the guys all the guys on the uphill side of this thing, they're going I'm I'm I don't know, I'm in like Palmer Lake or something. I'm like at the inn at Palmer Lake.
1: The inn at Palmer Lake. Now Dude, you can enjoy a weekend away. That was my ad for the Palmer Inn. <laughs>
0: Hey, that's good. They need a lot of <laughs> advertising cuz man, this th- this is kind of like it's it's like it ha- this place almost has like the finish of like a nice hotel, but it has the management of like a, a badly run. <laughs> 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 oh, oh, that <laughs> a, stings. A, a, a badly run um uh, uh what do you call it? retreat center? Flea you market. Know, oh. Uh, Flea oh market. yeah.
1: So I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's the that's rough. Oh. Well, at least you're with all your brother priests. Or some of them.
0: I, I'm, I am I I am, am in uh, good leaders, good shepherds right now.
1: Yay, good leaders, good shepherds. We want both. I choose all.
0: I choose all. Did all right, you, man.
1: We uh, are pretty skeptical this week of our internet connection <laughs> between each other. The the inn at Palmer Lake is... Uh, we're skeptical of it. So, we're going to hop to it. Um, do you have any shout-outs this week? Dude,
0: hold on. Yeah, I got some shout-outs. Um, I... Number one is, um, I you remember remember when I did good leaders, good shepherds in Savannah, Georgia.
1: Savannah, Georgia. Yep.
0: Did we do a podcast from Savannah?
1: Yeah, dude. Of course, we did a podcast from Savannah.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. So this is the second time that I've gotten to do it, and um, and so uh, Chris Ortega, Father Chris Ortega, from there, oh, yeah. and it was his birthday this week. So I was oh, talking nice. to him, and he said, "Dude, you gotta give me a shout out. It's my birthday." And I was like, "What's up? Here's your shout out." Oh,
1: <laughs> nice.
0: And then right, I got a bunch of other ones what about you do you have some shout outs for us yeah though? I got a
1: couple I got a couple things uh, I have three shout outs number one okay. um, I got to I got a chance to to guest lecture in some classes at the Franciscan University of Steubenville last week which was super fun so um, and there were actually a couple folks on campus that actually recognized me from the podcast maybe I was talking really loudly I don't I don't know how they recognized my voice but um, anyway, uh, shout-out to anybody who listens out <laughs> at, at Franciscan University of Steubenville. Uh, you guys are great. I spent a, a solid 16 hours with you guys last week, and I was out of there immediately. Um, but it was awesome. Uh, Professor Bob Rice, let me teach in his classes, and that was lots of fun. So you guys are sweet. Keep up the good work out there. I also want to give a, sh- a, sh- a, sh- a shout-out to Sarah Reinhardt, who um, – this is great. Sarah Reinhard wanted to give us a shout-out to Karna Swanson who is the Director of Communications here in the Archdiocese of Denver. And she heard about us through Karna and through the Archdiocese and podcast, which is really, really cool. And Sarah Reinhardt has a great um, website. She's got a great blog called The Snoring Scholar. She's a Catholic wife, mother, author, blogger, speaker, and chugger of coffee. Um, so check out check out Sarah. And Sarah, because we've given you such a lovely, generous shout-out, I hope you will spread the word about us on your various pieces of media. Are you still there oh well i'm gonna tackle this on my own yeah, that's awesome oh yeah, good yeah, you yeah. are still there I, okay I good <laughs> you scared me there no, for no, a minute no, i'm here
0: Yeah, hey, you, you, you cut you hey man i i'm 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 with you man i yeah. i also have um um so um riley Petrie wants okay. to give a shout out to her husband jason they um listen every week and they have um three small children and they can't really hear much on homilies, and so they oh, listen yeah. to like you guys in the week to connect, and it's like awesome. And I guess we both taught TOTUS to us, oh yeah, Riley, of course, I see her picture. Riley, <laughs> it's, it's awesome. And we're both bears.
1: Are you Facebook stalking her?
0: I am. Speak? I am, Riley.
1: You know what? It comes in handy.
0: It, it sure does.
1: Especially when you're a teacher and you forget names very easily.
0: Dude, the, amen. And then so so we got Riley. And then there's also a shout out to the Regis Boys who um they Regis have goes. been asking me to give them a shout out since um the flood. Basically, you gave
1: them a shout out that night. With, incidentally.
0: Oh well, then they've been give all, them another
1: one. Do I, another I, again. I,
0: we just, what up, dog? No. And then um, then also <laughs> I want to give a shout out to, to Summer Swisher just because um, oh, I, I, I recently learned that they have acquired a new house. They are in a few Just day, barely. Yeah. In a, in by a the household. skin of their teeth. Yeah. So, so like, that's really good that they're not homeless and stuff.
1: Well, they are at the moment, but they won't be homeless as of Thursday.
0: Dude, life is good.
1: Life is good. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, one. Okay. So here's a shout out slash question. You ready talk, for it? Talk to me. And I dude. save this. This is for you, specifically. Oh, dear Lord. Mainly because I don't know the answer. Oh. So I'm aiming it at you. So this is from uh, our friend Jacob Mutz, um, and who, please tell us how to pronounce your name. He said I got it right last week. I gave him a shout-out last week for a great insight he had. And he reminded me that it's pronounced okay. Mutz like guts. So Jacob Mutz, he's down in Pueblo, and he has a question regarding the responsorial psalm. And so because well, I don't
0: – I'm really near him right now because in Palmer Lake, I mean, I'm almost oh, in Pueblo.
1: yeah basically well you can just go over and tell me the answer then okay so here he says he says i was wondering is it required that this responsorial psalm be in the format of refrain and verse or could just an entire psalm be sung just like it appears in the bible is that possible or do you have to rearrange it in the the kind of responsorial and and um you know response and and whatever does that make does that question make sense so, could you just read straight yeah, through yeah, a yeah. psalm in the mass?
0: No, you can't. Um, I, the way in which we we are only stewards of the liturgy, so mm-hmm. we um, really are required to read the readings in the translation and the approved uh, liturgical books, so that we are actually expressing worship of God in a universal and Catholic way. That's what Catholic means. So, um, with the with the responsorial psalm, there's really only a co- there, there's there's about three ways that you can do it. The first way is that you can do it like we normally do, and you have, you have like the, the antiphon, and then you have the verses, and then you do the antiphon in between the verses. You can do the antiphon, you can do the, the, the little response at the beginning, read through everything that's in the lectionary, and then respond once at the end. Hmm. Um, but you can't like substitute a song. <clears throat> you can't even substitute the whole psalm for it. it, it what just, about a
1: reading from Maya Angelou, which I heard at a mass once? Is that allowed?
0: Um, no, you can't do readings from Maya Angelou at Mass. Okay, okay, okay,
1: okay. Uh, just to clarify. Good.
0: Yeah, and and I mean, I know that the Holy Spirit is uttering um, intercessions to the Lord in like groanings that are unintelligible. So, but but <laughs> groanings don't count for liturgical readings either. <laughs> you can't just go like. Can you
1: groan a reading? <laughs> you can't do that. Could you groan through a reading? <laughs> a reading from the uh, now. I guess you couldn't. <laughs>
0: Dude, it depends <laughs> on how early in the morning the reading is. And thankfully, I'm in campus ministry, so there are no early mornings. Nothing's early people. in
1: the morning for us. Ah, <laughs> oh, it's true. Uh, all right. Anything else? No, dude. We. <laughs> no, dude. Good job. I, Very good answer. No, Thank I you. No, just,
0: I just think that you're awesome.
1: I think that you're awesome, and I miss you because I'm not looking at you. Because Skype doesn't work for us. That's all right. Dude. So, dude what? <laughs>
0: Skype is ghetto right now.
1: Skype is ghetto for us. What were you going to say? You said, dude.
0: Skype is ghetto for us. That's exactly what Oh, that what was I it. Yeah, oh, yeah. great.
1: So we got it. So we're up to date. Okay, <laughs> good. Well, we are looking at the readings from the 31st Sunday of Ordinary Time. And our readings this week are coming from the Book of Wisdom.
0: Wisdom.
1: Chapter 11, verse Be 22. Through chapter 12, verse 2. Uh, the Responsorial Psalm, which you cannot read straight through. It has to be in the proper format. It's Psalm <laughs> w- number one forty-five, verses one through two, eight through nine, ten through 11, 13, fourteen. It's a lot of a lot of Psalm verses. Uh, we're in. We have breached the wall of Second Timothy. We're no longer there, but we're still in the T books. So we're in Second Thessalonians this time, not to be <laughs> easily mistaken with Second Timothy. So we're in Second Thessalonians, Did chapter we like- one. What? What did we do?
0: They totally dissed 1 Thessalonians, and they were just like, dude, those 1 Thessalonians, man, we're just going to skip over them. We're just going to go right to the second one.
1: To the second ones. That's all right. They can they can handle it. It's a jolly letter, yep. if there ever was one. So 2 Thessalonians <laughs> uh, chapters 1, <laughs> 11 through 2, verse 2. And then we have the story of little yeah. tiny Zacchaeus who climbed up a fig tree. Uh, no, a sycamore tree. In Luke, the Gospel of Luke, chapter 19. Dude, 19, I love him. I know, I know you do. Luke chapter nineteen, one through ten. I think that's it, unless there's a new reading this year.
0: Nope, there's no new readings this year. Good. so this is what we're gonna deal with.
1: That's what we're gonna deal with. I love it. I love it. Well, I mean, all right. The- of,
0: I just had to say before we jump into wisdom, there's a lot of ones and twos in the verses for <laughs> wisdom today.
1: Oh, it's exclusively ones and twos.
0: <laughs> it's one one two two one two two. Wow, that makes me really happy.
1: And 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 oh, if you would, <laughs> dude, that was that, I'm that, that I'm was very
0: liturgical it. of you. That was that was the grandest and that's possible.
1: <laughs> and <laughs> well, if you if you broke up the W, or if your eyes didn't work quite right, they could look like three ones and then an I, which is a one, and then the S could be a backwards two. <laughs> so really, you could shave this entire thing into ones and twos. That was a stretch, wasn't it? Did you leave now? Nah. Nah, you're think, gone.
0: I think I'm gonna get that tattooed. That's that's gonna be a, a, <laughs> that's gonna be one tattoo that I'm gonna get. <laughs>
1: Ooh, what if it was an onomatopoeia? No, a palindrome. What's a pal- a, What's a pal? What's an onomatopoeia?
0: Onomatopoeia is a word that sounds like how it's spelled. So like, blah. Zoom. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Guess or zoom? No, would no, 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 no. uh, Palindrome. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: but, I, I sure I sure hope that our uh, our our podcast today is not blah, but it's more oh, zoom.
1: More zoom. I I showed up to this podcast in a grumpy mood, and now I'm getting slap happy.
0: <laughs> That's good. Did you drink coffee?
1: No, no, dude, because you're not here to make it for me. I'm just staring at the machine.
0: Dude, I almost literally I was gonna pack the coffee maker, and I I'm sad you that I didn't. This, this like pseudo hotel that I have does not have coffee. This
1: pseudo hotel. <laughs> Are these people going to get mad at us because we use their name on the air?
0: Dude, if these people are even paying attention to their jobs, much <laughs> less anything outside, I would be really surprised.
1: Oh, man. Nice. All right. Well, we'll let it go. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So we're looking at the Book of Wisdom. Okay. What do you have to say about the Book of Wisdom, Father Peter? Um.
0: Okay, well, Something
1: witty and pithy, I'm sure.
0: Well, you know, um, this is all like- um. Dude, you just put me on the spot. Normally, no, I'm, you launch I, in, I, and I, like, comment. I, okay, man.
1: I'll I'll launch. I'm happy to launch in. I just didn't want you to feel like I'm speaking over you. I didn't know if you had it. I'll just go for it. Okay, wisdom. Hey, wisdom, everybody. Wisdom is one of what we call the deuterocanonical books, so it's not in uh, the, the Jewish canon or the Protestant canon, although there's really good reason to believe that Jesus was actually reading this in the first century. Jewish people were reading it in the first century. A whole bunch of political issues came up later on, so it's not found in the Protestant editions of the Bible. Um, the authorship is—we've talked about wisdom before. It's—it's it's traditionally attributed to Solomon, although it's probably people uh, in the tradition of Solomon. It's—it's—it's um, it's, it's an interesting book. It was probably written around the second uh, second or first century, um, around around the turn of the BC to AD kind of time. Um, All we have is the Greek manuscript of it. Part of the reason that it wasn't put in the Hebrew canon of the Bible or the Jewish canon of the Bible. The Jewish canon of the Bible, by the way, wasn't really established until 300 AD, so 300 years after Christ about. And part of their criteria, because there was a big dispute between uh, these new Christians who were using parts of the Bible and now the, the Jewish people who didn't accept the Messiah, part of their criteria for when they definitively decided what was going to be in their canon of scripture was that we had to have Hebrew language originals of it. And some of these books, that especially ones that Jesus was actually reading, weren't written in a time when the world was speaking Hebrew, so um, we think that the Book of Wisdom was actually written by a Jewish author who was living in a pagan society, probably Alexandria up in Egypt, because this is when uh, the Septuagint was written. There, there were a group of Jewish scholars were called up to Alexandria in Egypt to translate the entire Bible into Greek, so that the world can have access to the riches of the Scriptures. And while they were there, they probably put together these compilations of wisdom literature as well. Anyway, that's because, a, that's a lot of back. Gre-
0: yeah, Greek was the kind of English of the time. It was the language of yeah. commerce. It was the yeah. it was really the, the the language that if you knew you had it, there was some sort of baseline that you had a likelihood of being able to communicate.
1: Yeah, exactly. So all the Gospels were written in Greek. The, the letters of Paul were written in Greek. The Book of Maccabees, for Pete's sake, was written in Greek, but it's not included in the Jewish canon, even though that's the only place where Hanukkah is mentioned. But because there was no Hebrew edition of it, it wasn't included. Martin Luther falsely read that, circumstance and said, well, you know, if the Jewish people aren't reading it, we shouldn't be either. But he didn't factor in that there was a a lot of political things between Christians and Jewish peoples at the time that prevented some books from being put in. Anyway, that's a very, very condensed, probably confusing um, version of why Catholic Bibles are a little bit bigger, because we actually have books that we believe were being read by Jesus in the first century and are very much legitimate. Wisdom is one of them, but you won't find it in your Protestant Bible. So that's kind of the the backdrop. One a couple of things to say about wisdom though. One of the things that it does, one of the big themes of the book uh is the theme of creation. Okay. So the idea that the wisdom of God is actually re- <laughs> What are you doing? What are you doing? Hold, hold Why on. are you laughing?
0: Is there anybody out there?
1: Can you not hear me? I'm gonna keep talking and I'm gonna assume that the internet connection's gonna come back in a minute. Barely. So, one of the well, I'm just gonna talk. One of the themes of wisdom Dude, the, is the that's theme. That's
0: always the way. That's the, that's what the way you should do it. Yeah, yeah.
1: Dude, now you're just interrupting me. All right. One of the big <laughs> themes of, of wisdom is the theme of creation and the idea that the wisdom of God is revealed in creation. So how do you know God's wisdom? How do you tap into it? It's through creation, and it's it's creation that is also the instrument by which God governs the world. So which this is idea like of
0: totally all about Psalm 19, which is like it my is, favorite it, it, psalm yes. in the whole world.
1: What is Psalm 19, Father Peter?
0: The heavens are proclaiming the glory of God and the firmament shows forth uh, the work of his hand. heavens
1: are telling the glory of God.
0: Dude, dude I told you and that. And all
1: creation is shouting for joy. Come dance, Come dance in the in forest. The forest. Come dance the in the fields. The field. <laughs> If you don't understand the reference, go back a couple of weeks and find it in the podcast. Yeah, no, but that's the idea. And that's the theme of the Book of Wisdom in a lot of ways. So the, the sacramentality of creation, small s, sacramentality, that creation is the instrument through which God governs creation. Um, and that in this particular, so this comes from Psalm uh, Wisdom, chapter 11 and 12. And um, wisdom, chapter eleven and twelve, is all about wisdom in salvation history. So, basically, how should we look back on the scriptures, the story of salvation, and understand what God is doing? And wisdom says that the created world itself is actually the lens through which we should we should see these things. Um, the the verses that precede our reading, um, chapter uh, verse five in chapter eleven says, through the very things by which Israel's enemies were punished, they themselves received benefit in their need. So God works through and in creation to reward the people who follow him, which wisdom calls the wise, and to punish those who reject him. So think of, you know, the, the book of the Exodus is really kind of the backdrop for this whole scene. This is the, the Jewish story of salvation par excellence. And think of the story of the Exodus. What does God use to free his people? He uses creation. He separates the waters of the Red Sea, and through the created world the people are led to freedom. That same creation, those same waters are the thing that punish the Egyptians. So, um creation itself actually both rewards and punishes. Psalm later, uh, the wisdom later on in verse 16 talks about sin being its own punishment so so if you're worshiping an idol idolatry is a big issue in the book of wisdom so if you're worshiping an idol that act of worshiping a piece of creation is itself going to punish you because if you're trusting in some stone idol to help you when you're sick guess what it's actually not going to help you and that's going to be its own punishment because it's it's useless to you does that make sense
0: Totally, it does, and it's. There's already a corrective when we get into the reading here, because yeah. um, what's happening is is the creation <clears throat> is potent and God is sovereign, and so it's it's yeah. really hard to to actually discern and say, okay, is the where is the power coming from? Because and, and we have it here. It says it says um, um, your imperishable spirit is in all things. Yeah. And and so the the warning, it, yeah. it, it's actually a subtle tweak. You have to be careful because the power of the Lord and the glory of God is coming through the, these things. But you cannot mistake yeah. the created for the creator.
1: Exactly, like St. Augustine says later on. This is how you know also it's talking about salvation history. And the next line after what you read, it says, therefore, so if we understand that. Therefore, you rebuke offenders little by little. You warn them and remind them of the sins that they are committing, that they may abandon their wickedness and believe in you, O Lord. This is a commentary on all of salvation history, and people are, are really tempted to look back on the Old Testament and see this, you know, there, there's this kind of schizophrenic idea of God. The God of the New Testament is, he's all about love and forgiving your enemies and holding hands and kissing puppies and butterflies and daisies. And the, the God of the Old Testament is all about <laughs> wrath and punishment <laughs> and justice and, you eat know, friends. fire and stuff. <laughs> Eatin <laughs> Eatin pizza. <laughs> but the God of the Old Testament is all wrath and stuff, um, which is directly eat, going eat. against what wisdom is saying here. Yeah. It says, little by little, you, you give them time. You rebuke them little by little. You warn them, remind them of the sins that they're committing, which is true. It, it, it's it's giving you the actual corrective for a false reading of the Old Testament because it's really tempting to read the Old Testament and say, oh, there's God punishing people. Oh, there's them going into exile. Oh, there's this nation defeating them. But we're dealing with, you know, thousands of years here. And the prophets, you know, we, we've been talking the last couple of weeks <coughs> about all the, <coughs> <coughs> excuse me. About all the prophets who are going to the northern kingdom, for example, and telling them, you got to turn back your ways or else. There's gonna be punishment and Assyria comes in and sweeps them all away. That took hundreds of years to happen. They warned the people for hundreds and hundreds of years that if you don't clean up your ways, even Jesus in the gospels, when he pronounces the destruction of the temple, he actually gives them forty years before it actually happens, so that they have time to repent and to think about these things. God is not willy-nilly with <laughs> willy-nilly. He's not willy-nilly with the way that he he doles out punishment. It's subtle, it's it's just, it's it's patient above <laughs> all, right? what when are you laughing at I can't see your face which is really frustrating
0: I know I can't see yours but uh, I I just laugh I mean it's just like he's giving a like all this time and and it's really it's super generous and it's like he rebukes us little by little i mean it's really it really is so generous like uh, but but sometimes it's so generous that that we're hard-hearted and we don't do jack about it and we just are like oh that's okay like rather than being like no 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 i gotta i really have to show up to this and i i gotta do something now
1: yeah it's true And, and, you know, behind all of this, though, wisdom is saying it's through the created order that he's actually doing this. God gave us creation in order to flourish and we should conform to the world that he made because he loves it. That's what this reading from the first reading says, which is why, I mean, if you think about this, if the if the emphasis is God is using creation to teach us about himself, to punish us when we need to be punished, but that all things are good, that they're aimed for our flourishing, that's why, in the end, the result, the reward for all of this is why, I mean, what's the climax of all of salvation history? You're on the spot. What is the climactic moment of all of the salvation climax. history? Come on. Oh, come on. I'm not See, trying to trick the, you here. It's the ascension of Jesus Christ back to the Father. I guess you can make an argument for that. Wouldn't you think it was the resurrection <laughs> <laughs> when he comes back from the dead? Yeah, I mean that's I'm not okay, trying. i tr- okay. I shouldn't yeah, put I mean, you like on the spot like things that. Things that's
0: go. mean. Well, I but, mean, the, this this is the question: is that is uh, but, that um? I mean, you have the tri If you ask me, it's yeah, actually yeah, the trifecta: yeah, I know. the, the I know, climactic I know. moment is is the passion, the death, resurrection, and ascension uh, back to the yes. Father. And so, at the uh, of heart course. of that is the resurrection. So I will grant you yes.
1: Okay, so at the heart of it, so you're yeah, you you're right. And at the heart of it is the resurrection. And what is the resurrection? It's a it's a re it's a glorification of matter, of the created order. It's a body, right? Coming back to life. It's life itself. So that's why all of this is, is mm-hmm. leading toward something. Does that make sense? Totally. Me
0: T- totes ma goats.
1: Totes my goats. Toots my coots.
0: So, so the I will Psalm. praise your name forever, my king and my god.
1: I will praise your name forever <laughs> my king and my god You're welcome everyone. That happened. That was for you. All right. Um did you know yeah. that in traditional Christian in Christian traditions uh some of the lines of this particular psalm were um were a meal prayer that many Christians over the ages would use this prayer as their their version of "Bless us, O Lord," and they would use that line: "The eyes of all, um, the eyes of all men, hope in you. In fitting season, you give them food. Unfolding your hands, you you fill the living with all with blessing." Isn't that cool? That's awesome. Either, which so here's here's the thing about this: this psalm. I think if you read through the psalm and if you read the rest of the psalm, it's one of the most um, it, it's it's extravagant. It, it's uh. It's exuberant in its praise for God, but all of creation is actually wrapped up into it. It's, it's the stuff that we're thankful for, the food that we hope in, the things that he gives us, all these blessings. Um, it's an earthly taste of the joy of heaven in a certain sense. All the things here that remind us of those things, which is why it's an appropriate meal prayer, to pray before meals. The other thing that's cool about Psalm 145, it's, it is what's called an acrostic psalm. Do you know what an acrostic psalm is? I don't know if we've talked about this in this podcast before. It
0: isn't um, I, it's one of two things, and and it's, it's either a, it's it's a, a psalm that um has the ability to melt your skin or other materials that it has lots of like maybe um a corrosive uh, properties. That that can be one. Okay. Um, I think or it K. can be two that that oh. each of the beginning strophes has a letter that spells something else out.
1: I, it's a little bit of both.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> My skin is melting as we speak. Ah, dude. it's You
0: tried to open the arc. That's why your skin is melting.
1: I didn't mean to. <laughs> Shoot.
0: Come on, name the reference. You got to get the reference.
1: I don't, is it, I I don't know. Indiana Jones.
0: Yeah, dude, in the last arc oh. when the dude oh, yeah. has his face melt off, dude. Oh, okay. That's an acrostic psalm. It is.
1: <laughs> I'm so no, it isn't. <laughs> I'm so confused. No, okay. Acrostic. It's the second one that you okay. said. So every line of the psalm starts with a correspond starts with um the next letter of the Hebrew alphabet. So so if it was English, you know, the first line would start with the letter A. The second line would start with the letter B. The third line with C. The fourth with D, etc. etc. Right. Yeah, which is kind of cool. And so you could look at that and be like, oh, what a neat little literary thing to kind of, you know, help people remember. It's memorable. It's rhythmic. It's, you know, that's kind of cool. That's one way to look at it. But the other way to look at this being an acrostic, because, you know, most of the Psalms are not acrostic. This one is kind of randomly. And I think one of the things it's trying to say is every sound that can be made is glorifying God. Everything that is from A to Z Oh. is offering its praise back to God. This this idea again that the created order from language to stuff to food on your table is all showing and 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 conveying the glory of God. Wow. Which is a cool way to look at it.
0: I bet gimel head, dude, now we're talking. This is awesome.
1: <laughs> now we're spelling. Now we're spelling. I we,
0: dude, this is that's cool. I I'm down. That is cool. I'm down for yeah. it. Yeah.
1: All right. Well, that's that's as far as I studied this week. <laughs> you're, well, on, you're on your own for the rest. The, no, no, I'm just kidding. i everything,
0: yeah, praise is everything. <laughs> Let's move on to Second Thessalonians.
1: Second Thessalonians. Second Thessalonians. So first and I I like First and Second Thessalonians. Do you know why?
0: I don't know why. You, I'm, but I am looking forward to you telling me why.
1: Okay. So you can all have a drink if you're playing the game. Um, The reason I like first and second Thessalonians (laughs) is because they're most of, let me put it this way, most of Paul's letters, Paul's putting Uh out fires. You know, he's dealing with a problem, there's a bad teacher, there's a false understanding, or somebody's criticizing him, and he has to kind of go on the defensive. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. But these are two letters where in a lot of ways he's actually allowed to speak on his own terms so they're two of the earliest letters that he wrote and they're they're kind of marked by this um this zest for newfound faith among the christians and so he kind of just gets to teach a little bit and he's you don't get the sense that he's putting out as many fires which is which is just kind of cool so these are people who are are new to the faith they're you know they come from paganism they're not from jewish backgrounds and he's just kind of excited to teach them this the first and second thessalonians is where we get a lot of information about the idea of the second coming that that it's in there too but not in this particular passage. Oh, cool! So that—that's kind of the background of the book. Oh. So well, we get a he, little th- bit
0: of second coming stuff, but it's—it's um, it's in there. But again, it's just to be to be forewarned so that you don't get jacked up and deceived by somebody who
1: says he's here. Yeah, right. Because like, a lot of people like are that actually. That one guy saying that. on the radio. Who's that? Yeah, Dude, <laughs> Who's
0: a, there, What? It, it, there's that guy who there was there was some like Christian group and they were like the end of the world is coming. It was when I was at of oh, Mary before I came back to St. Thomas
1: and well, he's and, done like, that like three different were, times.
0: People were like calling me up. I know you'd think that they'd, they'd learn, but people are kind of it's not really working.
1: And his argument was like, oh, I did the math wrong. Here's when it's really happening. He's like, sorry, I forgot to, to carry the two. <laughs> <laughs> I like. I love the delay on the laughter because of the bad internet connection. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. I wonder if everybody yeah. else is delayed. It's, you in the You know how laughter much harder
0: isn't. it is to interrupt you.
1: I do. It's. Like, I've just it's been like talking over you.
0: I know. It's, <laughs> it's so funny because, like, normally I can interrupt you in the podcast, and that's the only way I get a word in edge. Oh come on,
1: <laughs> man! That's why I gave you the option to open the whole thing up. I was like, "What do you got?" <laughs> because otherwise he's going to criticize me for taking up all the space. <laughs> that's, that's what
0: happens. Well, don't be shaken out of your mind suddenly by my <laughs> or alarmed by what I've just spoken.
1: Be shaken out of your mind su- quietly and and subtly. Yep.
0: Okay, dude, let's jump anyway. in. We got to talk about this.
1: Okay, what do you got? I give my piece. Um, <laughs> I give you the background. <laughs> you
0: already,
1: I did give you the already background. You give the background? Yeah, dude. Oh. Letters on hey, his own look. terms, teaching, not putting out fires. Remember that whole thing?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Well, that, that's about what I got
1: to say, too. <laughs> it's, it's, it's actually kind of hard. I mean, this is the nature of it. The second reading is always sort of the wild card reading, and it's always, I think, the hardest one to tie into everything else. And I'm sure always. there is a theme. The Holy Spirit has these readings all here for a reason, but I'm – Having a little bit, because the theme that I keep seeing popping up is this theme of creation and the created order showing, showing the glory of God in these different things. And I'm not totally seeing it it, here.
0: No, I'm looking at this. I mean, really, the only things that I I wanted to say is that, um, you know, you have to be, you have to be very, uh, you have to be on your guard about what people are saying uh, about the Lord and that you, you have to be rooted in your faith. And that's why that radio guy is like so silly yeah. to say that he could have that and so you know the the day of the Lord is always at hand. Like that's the other thing is like yeah. is is that the, the Lord is sovereign and He's using everything to speak to you. And and yeah. though there will be a privileged ending to all things, the day of the mm. Lord and the day of conversion and the day to actually show up is right now. It's 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 not to be put off to tomorrow. And that's why I don't know. I mean, like th- that's why all that kind of like fanaticism around it is just absurd. So maybe really yeah. how we connect that is that the sovereignty of the Lord is is speaking always. And we don't have to worry about when the end is coming because we right. live every day as if it's the end.
1: Yeah. I was teaching a class on the acts of the apostles yesterday and somebody asked, you know, just about, you know, do we, the these, I don't know. We were talking about that thing in chapter two of acts where it said they had all things in common. They gave away what they owned. And it was this kind of beautiful utopia. And they were saying, well, did they—somebody asked, you know, were they just kind of doing that because they they falsely understood Jesus was about to come back, and and they expected that he was coming back, you know, like tomorrow, and otherwise they wouldn't have really lived that way. And and I was reminded of the fact that, I mean, we're all—the church commands all of us to expect that we are living in the time of the end, that we're all living in the end times. We have to live that way. Um, it's been 2,000 years, so it's easy to forget that. But the reality is God is breaking back into his created order soon. He is coming coming back in. Um, and all creation is ultimately speaking to that and of that and waiting for that. And grow like Romans says, it's groaning out in travail waiting for the moment that this is all going to kind of happen. And so Paul's giving us yep. some insights into that in Thessalonians. Absolutely. Absolutely, well, And indeed. let's see
0: what Luke has to um, share with us because hey, he's see. talking about creation because he's talking <laughs> about trees and short people.
1: Trees and, and short people.
0: And meals. Like, bump, bump. Dude, Zacchaeus <laughs> is like one of my favorites. I have to
1: say. I know him. he I is. Just,
0: I just love him. He's like short and bald. He's kind of like – I always kind of picture like a little skinnier version of Danny DeVito.
1: You, I always picture the guy in The Princess Bride. Oh. <laughs> That's exactly who I think of. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Absolutely. The short little yeah. guy, yeah. That's yeah. always who I picture. Yeah. All right, so here we are. So at that time, this is uh, Luke 19:1. At that time, Jesus came to Jericho, and he intended to pass through the town. I like that line. He intended to pass through. He was just—I I, don't—I don't know. I wonder what Jesus actually was. I don't know. I, I'm struck by that line. What do you—what do you make of that? Because he knows what's coming, right? On some level. Well, what is, does, what is Luke telling us there?
0: I mean, well, this is the thing is that as you're looking at at passing through, I mean, he does the same thing to the the disciples uh, in Emmaus. So Uh um, he's looking to keep moving like as if, uh, you know, in, in some ways there's, it, it's creating the potential for invitation as if you're going to lose him there uh, there's yeah. a desire for invitation it, it the same it's the same thing happens with um with the disciples is they had to invite yeah. him in uh, even the be- because because what they saw what ha- was happening is they didn't want to lose him
1: hmm. no, that's good i like that yeah oh, i like that a lot all right, so he's intending to pass through. Where are we? Uh, there was a man named near there named Zacchaeus, who was who was a chief tax collector, and also a wealthy man. We've been um, we've had a series of psalms or of uh, parables in the Gospel of Luke. No, this isn't a parable, but a series of stories about tax collectors. Yeah. Right? wasn't last week a tax collector as well. The tax I, collector and the Pharisee who were side by side in the temple praying to the temple. Absolutely. This is cool. So we've we've said this before, but we're in the middle of that section of Luke, which is called the travel narratives, which is Jesus on his way to Jerusalem. He's headed to a very specific place. And most of the stories that Luke tells you in that section of the book are exclusive to Luke alone. So none of these stories, you don't get the Zacchaeus story in any other gospel. Luke alone is highlighting these things, um, these particular, and, and all of it is meant to be read in light of where Jesus is headed. He's headed to the cross and everything needs to be read sort of in that light. So here's this guy named Zacchaeus. He's a tax collector. He was a chief tax collector and a wealthy man. Um, and why is he? A chi- why is he a wealthy man? Well, he's a wealthy man. I mean, the tax collectors were wealthy because these were normally Jewish people who were in cahoots with the Roman Empire, which on a certain level you could you could argue as a form of idolatry because Caesar was claiming to be God. So he's getting money for this supposed god, Caesar. All tax collectors were known for skimming off the top. They took a huge amount. Zacchaeus actually admits it later on, so you know that that's where he got his wealth. This would make this guy one of the most hated people in the whole town. Everybody would have known who he is, and everyone would have hated him. So there he is, but he's got this... Curiosity, which is beautiful. I remember Herod in the Gospels. He's, he, he's, he, he's hearing John the Baptist, and he's intrigued a little bit by what he was saying. Remember that whole deal before he beheads him? Yeah, totally. Yeah. So he's yeah, got this curiosity. So he wanted to see who Jesus was. He could not see him because he was, he was because of the crowd, and he was short in nature or in stature. So he ran. Why is ahead, everybody like so sad, sad to that. Say
0: that Zacchaeus is short? I mean, like I rejoice, dude. The dude, the dude was like he was like a four ten.
1: <laughs> Probably. But isn't it kind I mean, think about a, a wealthy chief, noble, ta- I mean, yeah, we are picturing like a Danny DeVito, but I mean, this guy is really important, very wealthy, a nobleman. And this guy is so desperate to see Jesus that he's like a little kid cl- climbing up a tree, which would not, I mean, that's not something that a, a noble Jewish wealthy man would be doing. But that's how it kind of, de- it's It's like the prodigal son story in a certain way. It's, it's a person who's willing to look foolish um, for the sake of for the sake of Christ, so he climbs yeah. up this tree. Uh, who was about to pass that way, and when he reached the place, Jesus looked up and said, "Zacchaeus, come down quickly, for today I stay at your house." You and know, if, if
0: I was an actor and like I had to interpret the G- Jesus in that moment, like you could say it a couple of ways. You could be like, you'd be like, "Zacchaeus, come down quickly!" Like it, out of embarrassment, like, "Dude, come on, get you look you like an go idiot." To your house. Or you could be like, "Come <laughs> down." Quickly, sir,
1: which one do you think it is? It would be fun, which one do you think it is though? Which one do you think he's doing? Oh, this is annoying. Can you not hear me again?
0: I can't hear you. there you are i can I can hear you now
1: which one which one do you think it was?
0: Um, I think it was the second version. I don't think that he was embarrassed at all. I think that Jesus case you
1: look like a moron
0: well i think that in some ways i mean he wants to protect the dignity of zacchaeus and so like so so like giving him an opportunity to do something quickly um like because because he probably felt a little silly because all of a sudden everybody he just wants to see him he doesn't realize that he is going to be entirely engaged by jesus
1: yeah that's true yeah that's true that's actually very beautiful
0: he's short and so he doesn't feel like he's seen it all. And then the Lord's like stops and sees him. And then, and then he's like, come down quickly. And I'm sure he was happy to oblige because he's in front (laughs) of everybody. And a lot of people don't like this dude. And so, but then like, I don't know, everything just kind of comes to, comes to the fore for him. And he's super willing to, uh, to say, okay, yeah, 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 I'll do this. Which, why did, why does Luke waste energy to tell us that it's a sycamore?
1: Oh boy. Um, I should know that.
0: When else do we have uh,
1: sycamores? Now you're putting me on the spot. I'm not the one who's supposed to be put on the spot. You are. That's our game. That's how we. That's how we do this. I know. You're doing this wrong.
0: I'm doing this wrong. Well, let me answer my own question. Actually, oh, I good. <laughs> I can't answer okay. my own question. I can try. But um, wasn't um, wasn't the what the the story about the um, the uh the the gal uh, who was taken advantage of in the garden. And then there was the two men. This is um, uh, and and they and then they figured out it was a date. I, I forget who this, did it, but they took testimony, and they said who, where where was it? And then there was the one guy, and he was like, it's under the it was under the sycamore tree. And the other one, was like, it was under an aspen tree. Do you know what I'm talking about?
1: I vaguely. Yeah, I, I do. Remember. It rings a bell, but I don't.
0: I don't know. That's I'm just trying to think. I'm just getting spontaneous, and that's probably not it. But I'm I i can not remember any other sycamores.
1: I well, know let us know. Around. If you guys have thoughts on that, maybe maybe you know, and maybe there's something that's just slipping our mind. Let us know. Inundate yep. us with all of your sycamore thoughts. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and, and and if you get more than, than we need, then we
1: can be sick of more. Ah <laughs> uh, very good. Oh, I yes. like that one actually. All right. Uh so come down. I'm gonna and it's not just that he Well, here's the thing. Let let's finish this, because there's lots here. So Zayas come Zac- Zacchaeus, come down quickly for today. I must stay at your house. For he came down and received him with joy, and they all saw this man. and grumble, saying he's gone to the house you, of a dude. sinner. I'm just going to keep talking then, and you'll hear me soon. He's gone to the house of a sinner, Zacchaeus stood there Good and said plan. to the Lord, Behold, half of my possessions I shall give to the poor. And if I have ex- 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 exhorted anyone from an- anything from anyone, I shall repay reta- it four times over. And Jesus said, Today salvation has come to this house, for this man is the descendant of David. For the Son of Man has come to seek and save what is lost. Two things here. He comes down and everyone's grumbling because the Lord is going to stay at his house. Um, what is Zacchaeus's response? He says, "I'm going to pay." This is he. He proves that he's been extorting, extorting, extorting people and and taking extorting. too much. Um, what he's doing, though, if you see this in the in the greater light of the Gospel of Luke, he's fulfilling John the Baptist's prophecy at the beginning of the Gospel of Luke. Remember the very beginning of the Gospel. There's tax collectors coming and asking what they need to be saved. Um, and he says, what is it? It's chapter three, uh, verse twelve. It says, Tax collectors were coming to be baptized, and they said, Teacher, what should we do? And he said to them, Collect no more that's appointed to you than what is appointed to you and give back to anyone you have stolen from. So he's actually uh-huh. fulfilling what was predicted and prophesied at the very beginning of the book of of what was gonna happen, which is kind of beautiful. But the other kind of punchline to this whole thing, I mean, what is what is Zacchaeus actually doing here? In, in climbing the, the tree, just on a surface level. What's he doing? Can you hear me or are you gone again? Okay, well, I'll answer my own question in that case. Zacchaeus is climbing the tree because he's seeking the Lord. He wants to see him. He wants to find him. But at the very end of this passage, what does it he's say that Jesus is actually doing? In Zacchaeus trying to seek him... It says the Son of Man actually came to seek and to save what is lost. So the irony of this is Zacchaeus thinks he's just seeking Jesus to out of curiosity. But what he finds when he seeks is that Jesus was actually seeking him the whole time, which is really beautiful. Are you there, Father Peter? I don't think you are. So that being said, um, creation, what these readings are showing us is creation is showing us. We have only to look. We have only to ask and to seek and to knock. And we're going to have these things opened up to us And because that's who God is. That's what God wants to give us and to show us. We have only to seek for that. And we'll find out that if we seek him with a little bit of our hearts, he's going to come back tenfold. He's going to be rushing back abundantly seeking us, which is what he's ultimately doing. And I think that's what all these readings are sort of pointing at. So um, that awesome. being said, I think we lost Father Peter. Oh, there you are
0: yeah yeah no man i'm with you always in spirit and in truth
1: (laughs) all right well i was just wrapping it up um anything to add
0: dude you said it perfectly at least the parts that i could hear
1: well father peter might be talking right now but i can't hear him so we're gonna wrap it up thanks for listening this week uh send us your emails send us your shout outs find us on facebook um do any other social networking things you might want to do with us. And we will be back with a brand new episode next week. And until then, uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Bye-bye. Word on the Hill is a production of the Aquinas Institute for Catholic Thought here in beautiful Boulder, Colorado, www.thomascenter.org. You can also send us an email at lankyguys at thomascenter.org. See you next week.